Welcome back to another episode of Ramsey's Recaps, the show where I, Courtney, recap uh, Kitchen Nightmares 13 Years Too Late. And today I have my new friend, Christina, with me. Hi. So tell the people who you are, what you do. <laughs> sure. I am Christina. I'm an actor. I don't have any food service experience, but I have been playing a lot of Overcooked with my girlfriend recently, so I feel like some of the energy is there. I understand a little. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do a lot of acting lately in the quarantine era of theater? (laughs) I wish. I wish. I've been doing a lot of research by Mm. watching a lot of things, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. As a, I'm not an actor, but as a director, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I gotta watch these things to make me feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> I've still somehow avoided watching all of the, like, classic movies that everyone recommends, you know? Like, I've never watched Citizen Kane. Um. <laughs> I've never seen that. I don't watch movies. It's like okay. a thing with me and my friends where, like, this, my just to plug my other podcast, I have another podcast, it's called Trailer Trashed, where my friend Grayson, he's seen, like, every movie ever, and I don't really watch movies unless they're Marvel movies. No. So it, like, makes me watch movies. <laughs> and I tend to like them. I do, like, like movies. I just never get around to watching them because... I have ADD and it's hard to pay attention to things. Yeah, for some reason, it takes a lot more attention to watch a movie than an entire season of hour-long episodes. Yeah, like I I can blow through like a whole season of, I don't know, I used to watch Grey's Anatomy, not anymore, but I could blow through a whole season of Grey's Anatomy in two days and be riveted. Just how it goes. I got it. (laughs) Well, what is your experience with the Gordon Ramsay cinematic universe? (laughs) You know, I love reality TV. I love cooking shows. I think this is the show that has Gordon Ramsay in it that I've watched the most. Although mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed the clips that I've seen of him on the show with the children and being mm-hmm. nice to them. That's really sweet. But um, I like this show a lot. I love watching people who deserve it get yelled at. Yes. I love sassy servers. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite Gordon Ramsay show, obviously, because I've never watched like MasterChef or MasterChef Junior, and I've mm-hmm. only seen like a season of Hell's Kitchen, which is, I guess, the big Gordon Ramsay property that I should be watching, but whatever, who cares? <laughs> it's Gordon Ramsay. Yep. Uh, so this week, Gordon is in Michigan at Jack's Waterfront in St. Clair Shores, Michigan, and it looks cold there. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Have you ever been have you ever been to Michigan? I've never been to Michigan really. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> but you know, seems fun. They said that it was a girls gone wild experience during the summertime, even yes. though it looked like the crowd skewed a little bit older, but I, I believe them. I believe that it's a party scene. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think they're treating it like the Hamptons in the summertime where like it has it's on the water so it's like a big beach scene in the summer and then in the winter the lake is frozen and so it's just locals fishing right right so the restaurant is owned by three bodybuilders Bill Tamer and Scott two of which are bald white men the third is, has hair so you can actually tell him apart from the other two <laughs> Bill thinks that the problem is that the food is bad. Scott thinks that AJ, the manager who they hired, is terrible, and he is. And then Tamar, I think, also thinks the food is bad, but he doesn't want to fire his dad at the same time. It's a whole, like, complicated thing. The minute you have more than one owner, it's a nightmare, for sure. 
Yeah, AJ is kind of the star of this episode for me, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Such a mess. And they're talking about how he's always wasted on Uzo. And he, like, takes a shot even while Gordon Ramsay is there. Absolutely shameless. And he was the chef before, but they replaced him just a little over a month ago. Yeah, so they apparently AJ has like 30, 40 years of restaurant experience. So they're like, hey, you can come in and tell us what's wrong and we'll pay you. I think they said they pay him $100,000 a year, which is way too much. Yeah, way too much. And he did a terrible job in the kitchen. And so they put him as the front of house manager instead. But all he does is drink the biggest glasses of Uzo I've ever seen and dance with and flirt with all the girls. That's (laughs) all he does. Meanwhile everyone is scared of Scott because he's very intimidating because he truly looks like a bulldog of a man. And so they made him a silent partner, even though he has like the most money invested, he's like $500,000 invested into this restaurant. Right. I, I think that that's so funny. Like I remember when they first serve him food, Scott is just staring Gordon Ramsay down, like dead behind the eyes so aggressively. I think he calls him a meatball. <laughs> he calls him a meatball. He thinks he's the bouncer. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't look like he owns, he doesn't look or act like he owns the restaurant because Bill is saying like people will call and say, if Scott's there, we don't want to come in because he's scary. And I'm like, hmm. That's a bad time. <laughs> I yeah. want to go there. He does look scary. So Gordon snowmobiles in. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wrote that in caps. Gordon snowmo- snowmobiles in and he like drifts. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. This is the second time Gordon's like come in in an unconventional way. He rode a motorcycle in one time or he's ridden a motorcycle a couple times. So he obviously loves his like fun activities outside of cooking. <laughs> We love a bit. Yeah, he has a bit. It's funny in some of the shows, not in Kitchen Nightmares, but in his newest show that's on Hulu, which is basically Kitchen Nightmares again. He always drives in, but they always make fun of his driving. And I'm like, why? That he's a bad driver? I guess. But he's been in America for a long time. You'd think he'd know how to drive here by now. Oh, it's like the left lane, right lane. Yeah. So they're always making fun of his driving. But in Kitchen Nightmares, they're like, no, Gordon Ramsay's a badass. And he's going to snowmobile in and then hop up this ladder off the lake and go into this restaurant. I think that's more accurate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think they're trying to make him more relatable in his other shows. And I'm like, no, just make him mean and badass like he's supposed to be. He needs to be relatable. I don't think that that's what the people want. That's not what he's known for. He's not known for being a nice guy. Right. If you want Gordon Ramsay to be relatable, just go watch his TikTok. He's super cute on there with his kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen a little bit of that. We love that. So Gordon sits down with AJ, Scott, and Bill individually. Scott says AJ's the problem. AJ doesn't know what the problem is. He doesn't actually see that there is a problem. And then Bill says the food is the problem. Right. All of them have different opinions. They're all correct except for AJ. <laughs> Although I guess to AJ there isn't a problem because he's living a good life with all the money and well, Doing yeah, stuff. no problem for him. But Scott really had it out for AJ the entire time, I think. He oh, really yeah. hates him. Yeah, he despises AJ so much. <laughs> it's really funny, honestly. So Gordon sits down to order food. He gets a crab omelet. The crab is spelled with a K, which is very discerning to him. They also spelled omelet wrong, but nobody noticed that. It was all about the K on the crab. 
Did they spell omelet wrong? Yes, they did. I didn't I, even know that. I paused and I read the menu. <laughs> You're much more thorough than I am because I did not notice that. They, I honestly, I don't think I can spell omelet correctly, so that's probably fair. Well, <laughs> crab is spelled with a K. He makes a huge deal out of it, and then the waiter, the waitress, like goes and asks the chef why they spell crab with a K, and then he says that it's because it's not real crab. And he didn't want anybody to have a misconception about it, which is at least honest. Yeah, it's very the like the Pizza Hut approach to chicken when they spell chicken wrong because it's not real chicken. Wait, they do that? Oh, yeah. Anytime you see um, meat spelled wrong on something, it's because it's not enough of that meat to be considered real meat. And so if you see chicken spelled wrong, it means that it's not enough of a chicken product to be considered real chicken. I've seen like vegetarian products like that, but I didn't know that yeah. people did that with like chicken, chicken. Wow. Yeah. So if it is like a, like a, if it's marketed as a meat product and it's spelled wrong, it doesn't have enough meat in it to be considered meat. <laughs> it's really gross. <laughs> Oof. That means it's mostly filler after that point. I watch a lot of food science videos. This is just my weird brand. <laughs> but yeah, so Aaron is the chef. He was hired seven weeks ago and he hates it there already. None of the cooks in the kitchen listen to him. He hates the product that they have, but nobody will let him change anything. And so he's like, the only reason we're using fake crab is because it's what we have in the inventory and I have to use it up. And they cut to like the giant cans of like gross fake crab meat that they're just like dumping in bowls. And I'm like, how many cans of crab do this, does this restaurant have? Why do they need so many? There's like a hundred Costco things of fake crab yeah they have a pallet of fake crab out back that they just like grab a can from every two minutes <laughs> he orders the the fake crab omelet honey pecan salmon and he gets fish and chips as well so the fake crab omelet the cook who sends it out is like no complaints on this and then there's many complaints on it and then he asks aj why are you serving fake crab in a restaurant on the lake right and he <laughs> says i didn't do that I don't serve fake crab. He did that. <laughs> it sort of tells you his attitude about being a general manager. Yeah. And, and he goes, you're the general manager. Like, you are doing it. And he just, like, laughs. And he's like, why are you laughing? Have you been drinking? And AJ's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gordon's like, well, you should try it because it's nasty. And AJ's like, well, I'm very allergic to crab. <laughs> It's fake crab. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's monkfish. <laughs> it's like, then eat it and know that it's bad. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, the honey pecan salmon was too sweet. It was just honey. It know. looked like it was also served with, like, the weirdest sweet mashed potatoes ever. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, because it was, like, a salad, the salmon, which was covered in syrup and pecans, and then, like, a scoop of what looked like chocolate ice cream, but I'm assuming it was some sort of mashed potato. I hope it was chocolate ice cream. It's a dessert. <laughs> the honey pecan salmon is actually on the dessert menu. <laughs> you ever want your dessert salmon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> there is an episode of Hotel Hell where Gordon visits a place and they serve a dessert pizza. And it's a, it's like pizza dough with chocolate sauce and strawberries on it. I'm not mad at that. Which sounds fine, but a dessert salmon is like too far. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I want ice cream with my salmon. 
the fish and chips ends up looking good, but yes. he said that he can tell that it's frozen. He says, quote, it was like a breaded condom in your mouth. I also wrote down that quote. And what a thing to say about food that it just tastes like you're eating a breaded condom. Condom, as he says. <laughs> condom. Condom. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, he said it's like the best looking thing that he's been served, but it was frozen. So it was like bad. And again, meanwhile, Scott is just heaving and staring in the background, which I just found so disturbing. Not even blinking, just staring. No. Yes. Oh, it looks. And then I think Gordon at one point is like, can you tell him to stop staring at me, <laughs> please? Yeah. So all of the other chefs think the food is good in the kitchen. Gordon goes to the kitchen to talk with the staff and Aaron tells him basically like, I have no control in here. I don't want to be doing any of this. I want to make changes. AJ blames everyone else for poor management, even though he's the manager. Scott says that we should be changing things and AJ needs to go. And Bill is just kind of there. Right. And Gordon's trying to figure out like who's in charge of the food. Because the chef isn't, right? And then he asks AJ. And then AJ says the owners are in charge of the food. And then Scott is says, quote, I have nothing to do with the food. And so it just happens to exist in the restaurant with no control of anybody. Yeah, this is one of those cases where it's just miscommunication after miscommunication. If anyone ever just like sat down to talk about it, they could maybe figure out something. Right. But they just keep going around and around and around in circles and nothing is happening again. So it's it's frustrating to watch. Everyone is just fucked up with who owns what and who does what and who should take the blame for what. In the end, it doesn't matter. Somebody needs to be put in charge of the food and it should probably be Aaron because he's the only competent one in that kitchen. So it's time to observe a dinner service, as Gordon is wont to do. First of all, it's a terrible dinner service. Everyone is upset. Like immediately. <laughs> immediately everything goes wrong. Aaron can't get anyone to listen to him in the kitchen. Tamar finally shows up, the third owner, and he and Gordon meet for the first time. He tells Gordon that AJ is supposed to be in charge, but obviously that's not happening. But Tamar is too scared to fire his own dad. And I'm like, fucking fire your dad. He doesn't need to be there. It's going to be okay. I think your relationship will be fine. Yeah, all of the orders were taking a really long time. The chefs in the back do not care at all. They're just no. around. There's a shot of like one of them like playing with a dead fish, just waving it around. It looked like a <laughs> like a salmon skin. Like he was just waving a salmon skin around, like a like a flag. Right, and they're like, it took 45 minutes to get any food out whatsoever. And the minute it goes out, it all just comes back anyways. So like it, it was like it didn't even matter because everyone's food was like cold or raw or just disgusting. Yeah. There was like a steak that was supposed to be well done, and it was raw. Like how wrong can you get it? You know. Literally, and Gordon says it's the easiest steak in the world to cook. You just have to cook the shit out of it because it's a well-done steak. Right. He's especially angry because all of it's frozen. So it's Mm -hmm. like, how much effort does it really take? Yeah. While all of this is going on, AJ is just hanging out with everyone and drinking and socializing and doesn't want to deal with the issues. Bill is comping every meal. Tamar is serving free drinks. Scott is like running around not knowing what to do. And then it's clear that the biggest issue is that no one is in charge. No one is the leader. Right. And then Gordon does the kitchen inspection. It's gross. <laughs> as it's always, as it usually is. 
there was a moment I particularly liked. There was like a mushroom risotto in a pan and it all, it all got stuck together and Gordon like DQ blizzards it, turns it upside down and it stays <laughs> where it is. I also love it when he gets into that, I ate here thing, yeah. you know, that's my favorite of any restaurant. When he sees how gross it is, he's like, I ate here. I've eaten this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think he says, like, I ate here yesterday. I'm not happy. Right. <laughs> like, of course not. Like, it's gross in there. And so Gordon yells at AJ because of how gross it is. And he says, it's got to be someone's responsibility. And AJ, of course, is like, it's not my responsibility. It's the owner's fault. Why would I blame myself for that? And this kind of gets Tamara into gear. And he's like, okay, I'm beginning to see things a little more clearly maybe trusting my dad to run this business was not the move. Yeah. Which I don't know why it took him so long to see that. Like, obviously your business is failing. You need to do something and look at everything. So Gordon leaves them to go and clean the kitchen. And they're like, wow, the kitchen really is gross. No wonder the food is bad. <laughs> like, it, I love that moment of the owners being like, I didn't think it was that bad. And then they actually have to like go in their kitchen and look at it. And they're like, oh, it is that bad. It's a great right. moment every time. <laughs> And while they're doing the cleaning spree, Gordon is meeting with a local fisherman, and the fisherman has a fun hat on. <laughs> and so fun. I loved him. <laughs> they're doing the, you know, when you cut a hole in the ice to fish in it, and it's yeah. so cute, and Gordon catches a little fish, which I believe was probably staged, but that's oh, fine. <laughs> for sure. Like, they fully go, he hands Gordon, like, the tiniest little fishing rod I've ever seen, and Gordon's like... So I just do this, and then he, like, magically catches a fish right away. And I'm like, you would have to be out there for hours before you caught a real fish. But that's fine. You know, that was cute for me. <laughs> they end up deciding to make a chowder in a bread basket with some of the fresh local fish. Because even though they live on the water, none of the seafood was fresh from where they are until now. It's insane that they're on the water and they're not taking advantage of, like, local fresh seafood. Or not even seafood. It's lake food. But still, there's tons of, like, food and stuff around there for them to, like, use. So right. Gordon gets a promise from the fishermen that they're going to come by later to taste the chowder. And then we get the obligatory cooking montage with Aaron and Gordon in the kitchen. And Aaron being like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm cooking next to Gordon Ramsay, which happens in almost every episode. And so um, they make the chowder in the bread bowl. And then they also do a poached salmon special. So simple dishes, easy to execute. You make a big pot of chowder. It's there. It sits the night. You can move on with your life. And poached salmon, easiest way to cook a salmon. You just boil it. <laughs> that night, they have the two specials. And then Gordon also says that Scott will be serving and is going to be a waiter for the night, which everyone is a little hesitant, but also like find it really funny that he's about to do that because he's just such a, a bull in a china shop <laughs> right there he takes the apron from one of the actual servers and she's like okay if you say so <laughs> which i wonder what she's gonna do if he's taking her section is she just gonna like hang out in the bar and get paid <laughs> i hope so i also hope so give her the night off she deserves it i remember gordon like asked him to smile for him mm -hmm. and is so I don't know like forced and bad and Gordon's like oh hell yeah he's like oh fuck that dude 
Because <laughs> at, at another point, like, we, we cut to Scott serving a lot because he's floundering. And Gordon's like, come on, dude. Just, like, don't stare at customers. Just, like, be a little happier. Put some pep in your step and it'll all be okay. He has this, like, his head is tilted so far. And he's, like, leaning over the table. And Gordon's like, why is your head tilted like that? You're like a chimpanzee hanging out of a cage looking for a banana. I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. I, yeah, is it pre? Is it pre-written? Did he does he have like a comedian on his staff to just like give him one-liners to say for the death of these people? I don't think so. I think that Gordon is just quick and funny, and that's why we love him. He took that UCB one hundred and one improv class, and he knew yeah. it. <laughs> so Aaron tries to get the other cooks in the kitchen to listen to him, but nobody is listening. So people are waiting 45 minutes to an hour again for food. He has to remake a burger like three times because they keep putting cheese on it. And it clearly says no cheese. And he's just very like flustered and upset. And the kitchen staff obviously don't respect him. And Gordon has to like give them all a talking to and be like, you have to listen to Aaron. He is the head chef. You need to listen to him. There was this extra also who I really want to mention because someone who was like a customer in the restaurant, which I believe they hire extras for it because this guy was really doing the most to get his screen time. He was like holding his face and he was like, I'm mad. I'm really mad. And his wife is like desperately trying to console him and like asking him to calm down before he like hulks out in the entire restaurant. And then later he's like, you get better service at a shelter than this place. Like the most dramatic thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I do wonder with like, now that we're in the more formulaic episodes of the season, and this is how it's going to be for like the next five, six seasons that there are of the show. I do wonder how many people they hire just to send food back because like Gordon, Gordon always says like people don't typically send food back. They just like suck it up and never come back. But in the show, everyone sends food back, which is very frustrating to watch. In the earlier episodes too, I think that I really think that they get a bonus. If you say this is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) You get 50 bucks every time you say nightmare. Yes. We don't get as many Gordon Ramsay as hot moments from this the waiters in the later episodes either, which is really disappointing because I really like it when the older women are like, that Gordon Ramsay, he's just so cute. <laughs> or like, he's scary, but it's also kind of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Say it, you know? Yeah. They're, like, they're all like older white ladies and they're like, mm, I'm on my third husband. I could use a fourth. <laughs> So the specials went over well for the night, but Gordon, Gordon, everyone else hates the old menu. It's still bad. Mm-hmm. So service is branded a disaster. And there's a staff meeting afterwards and Gordon tells Aaron that he needs to get them to respect him in the kitchen. Otherwise they will never listen to him. He also says that AJ is at fault and that he should not be getting paid as much and that he should probably be fired or at least not be working as many nights. Tamara's like, but he's my dad. I wrote in my notes just like out of frustration. Oh my God, fuck your dad. He sucks. Cut his fucking salary or fire him, you coward. (laughs) Yeah. Like I get it's hard to stand up to your parents, but you're also, you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. You need to make money to like pay off your debt. And you can still, like, give your dad money, you know, if you're making yeah. money at the restaurant. But it doesn't have to be through a salary and keeping him around. 
No. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We've now reached relaunch night. So overnight, the design team has remade over the interior of the restaurant, which I didn't. It was one of the less offensive interiors of restaurants that we got. I was wondering if it was just that their budget increases later because the remodels become a lot bigger. But um, yeah. this time it was pretty okay. They gave them a lot of fish tanks and these little like half dome bubbles in the wall for betta fish, mm-hmm. which I'm really nervous about because like who is going to take care of those fish? Like AJ is going to yeah. be so gross and they're all going to die. And then what? As, yeah, as far as, like, makeovers go, like, the before and after, they were pretty similar. They didn't really change much. They got them, like, new tables and, like, cha- brightened up the walls a little bit. But, like, compared to some of the other makeovers we've gotten this season, it's it's not as it's not as bad. It looks, it looks fine. I wish they had gotten them new chairs. They were still using those, like, ugly hotel banquet chairs. Mm, I know what you're talking about, yeah. But it's also, like, a big restaurant, so maybe they just, like, didn't have the budget to get 200 new chairs whatever but well, I, I no go ahead <laughs> i'm just going to talk about the little mini game that they made with the they put little pieces of rope on the tables and instructions for how to make knots so mm-hmm. that people could have something to play with while they're waiting i thought that that was really fun i would have loved that as a kid going to a restaurant yeah and it does like distract you while you're waiting for your food so it does in the kitchen a little more time i also questioned who the fuck is going to take care of those fish tanks that's a lot of fish to take care of yes and beta fish are very finicky they don't care i mean (laughs) you're supposed to have them in like a tank with like a filter right they're just on a dome it's like a glass bowl you know i could see just like having like a fish tank with some plants in it like some aquatic plants but maybe not so many beta fish that are obviously gonna die in like two weeks well Uh, i don't know and then they get, yeah, they get the fun new rope activity. We get introduced to the new menu, which is fresh seafood, fresh produce, fish and chips, fish tacos, all of the the fare that you would expect on a waterfront restaurant. So that night, there is a giant snowstorm coming in, but Gordon goes outside and presents the long line of cars that are waiting to get into this restaurant, despite the snowstorm. It looks hazardous to drive there. Where's the road? <laughs> right. And they, they do hire like a bouncer to have people go into the restaurant because they do end up filling it. They get they reach capacity. Those people said, fuck the winter storm. I want to see Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I would. I would too. I would love to see Gordon Ramsay just like in the wild. So Scott is so far ple- pleasant to the customers. And then Aaron is quickly losing control of the kitchen. He is asking for like fish tacos, fish tacos, french fries, onion rings, anything. And the fry station is just not giving him any food. And then AJ is in there giving him the wrong food for orders that have already gone out. And so once again, people are waiting like 30, 40, 50 minutes for food, which is awful for relaunch night. It's not a good way to start. So Scott. Yes, this was Scott's like prime time this is what scott needs to do he notices what's happening and he uses his scariness to yell at them and get them into gear honestly scott should be expediting he should learn how to expedite and he should be the one expediting absolutely he has the authority yes because they don't want to listen to aaron 
but they quickly listen to Scott when he's like yelling at like he goes back there and is like full volume everyone needs to fucking listen to Aaron right now and he demands an answer because before Aaron was like fish taco fish taco fish taco and everyone is silent and so Scott is like okay we need to call and response mm-hmm. so he says everyone needs to be listening to Aaron is that understood and no one says anything and he goes can I get an answer nothing yes yes are you going to listen to Aaron nothing and he goes I'd like to hear an answer and they finally say yes sir and that is the climax of the episode I think it was very I was very proud of Scott. That was his hero's journey. It was. <laughs> yeah, I really think he would be a great expediter. Like, it would give Aaron some relief in the kitchen. It would keep him out of the dining room, away from the customers, scaring them off. And it would make everyone in the kitchen listen because Scary Scott is there. Absolutely. Play to, play to your strengths. Yeah. You know? Which, like, Scott genuinely seems like he's probably a nice guy, like, outside of that. But he does come off as intimidating, which is kind of useful in a kitchen situation sometimes. Like, you have to be a little bit intimidated to get what you want. Right. So, I don't know. I hope you learned how to expedite. There is one uh, chef who I thought was really funny, though. One of the ones who, like, just didn't care. And he was always, like, I don't know, he would ask him a question. And then the chef would be like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like, that, that's not me. I'm sorry. I was honest. <laughs> absolutely stoned the entire time. Oh my God. There's like, a cast of characters that I wish I could have gotten to know a little bit more back there. Yeah. We... Yeah, definitely in later seasons, we get to know more about the waitresses and the chefs and stuff, which is honestly more fun sometimes. I love seeing the waiters be sassy. Yes. Be like telling the owners like, no, that's how it is. You're just dumb. (laughs) So I can't wait to get to more of that. I'm honestly like kind of done with season one. We're almost done with season one. Like this is episode 18. We're almost done with season one. I'm so excited to get to season two. (laughs) You think it steps up on the drama? Oh, yeah. I think season two is pretty solid. Season three is, I think, where it really gets going. Also, there are just less episodes in those seasons, so it's going to be a little more easy to manage. There are, like, 22 episodes in season one, and then, like, 13 oh, okay. in the next seasons. <laughs> and then I think the last season only has eight because I got canceled, which is so sad. But Gordon Ramsay always comes back with a new show, so <laughs> relaunch is branded a success. After Scott yells at everyone, food goes out quickly and people really like their restaurant, the new decor and the feeling, and they're glad to have some fresh seafood in their neighborhood. So overall, the restaurant is good. Absolutely. Aaron has really stepped up. There's a moment at the end when there's like, it's the last order out and the onion rings are underdone and the chef went out to take a cigarette or a joint break. (laughs) Like... He's like, this is unacceptable. And he goes and he pulls him out of the break. And he's like, every single order needs to be right. And he makes him redo it. Mm-hmm. And there's just such a show of like accountability and leadership from Aaron. It was beautiful. It was so good. I was so proud of him at the end. <laughs> Me too. Which I, I genuinely think he was probably a great chef anyways, despite everything that had happened. And then this was just like just a frustrating situation to be in as a head chef, I'm sure. But now that he has like some gusto behind him, he's willing to get back on the, on the horse. Right. And later he ends up firing a couple of those 
chefs that were just not doing anything. And I think that having that fresh start too should really help. Yeah. So after the evening is over, Gordon tells AJ that he should cut back on his hours himself and then also willingly cut back on his pay so that his son doesn't have to do it for him. And AJ verbally agrees. We don't know what actually happened with that situation. And then that's the end of the episode. Gordon leaves. And then we get a end card that says um, the scary voiceover guy says that after Gordon left, Aaron was given full control of the kitchen. He fired the two chefs, hired two new ones that would actually listen to him. And that Bill, Scott, and Tamara actually did fire AJ and yeah. hired a new general, general manager. Which, like, good for them. Like, <laughs> And it seems like everything's going to go well for Jax on the waterfront. Yep. I, I googled it and they did end up staying open for another two years, which is okay. You know, their Yelp reviews improved. Apparently they sold it back to the original owner who you would think was Jack, but they renamed it to Brownies, which is cute. That is cute. So my little reality TV revisited what happened next to Jack's. It did close in December of 2010. Um, it did have positive reviews. It doesn't say why it closed. I assume money reasons like usual. Um, it reopened in 2011 as Dockside Jack's, but then it just closed again after a month, which is so depressing. And yeah, now it's brownies, and I think it's still open as that. Yelp reviews are mixed, though. So, <laughs> Jack's Waterfront aired on November 6, 2008. The episode was filmed in March of 2008. And yeah, that's Jack's. I do love this episode. Yeah. It's one of my I, favorite episodes, I think. I really liked AJ as a character. I really liked Scott. I think Scott and Aaron had an excellent arc. Mm hmm. Bill was just kind of there, and then Tamar was also just kind of there, which is fine. Like, if anything, Scott should have been in charge, and Bill and Tamar should have been the silent partners. Right. I don't know anything about them, really. No, but you know, like that. Like I say, most of the episodes, I hope they're all doing well now. I hope they're all okay, because this episode, this <laughs> this podcast does end on a kind of a downer every episode with like, and the restaurant closed. Right. But, you know, that's what happens in the restaurant business. We can't change that. But, yeah, did you have any other thoughts about the episode? Not really, but there is one thing that I really, really liked. Um, which <laughs> is that I, I watched it with subtitles on. And the main theme music was sub subtitled as aggressive surf music. Yes. And um, that's just something that I was thinking about. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think aggressive yeah. surf music is an underutilized genre that I would really like to see more of. <laughs> that's it. I would also like to see more aggressive surf. I want the Beach Boys, but like heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> aggressive surf music. <laughs> This is why subtitles are great. People people knock on subtitles, but I'm like, no, you get some gems when you have subtitles on. I love watching subtitles. I actually used to work um, writing, like, closed captioning for things. Mm -hmm. And so one of my favorite things is when there's, like, a weird sound effect and they have to figure out how to describe that. Mm -hmm. That's a really fun nuance of subtitling as well. Anyway, this isn't a subtitling podcast. This is... <laughs> I mean, it could be. <laughs> Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Well, Christina, do you want to plug anything? Do you have anything you want to promote? 
Um, no, you can follow me on Instagram, I guess. My Instagram, my name is Christina with a K, and then it's F-E-B-14, because my last name is Valentine, so it's like Valentine's Day. Christina mm-hmm. 14 <laughs> Yeah, I'll link your Instagram in the description as well, so people can just read follow it there. That's been the episode. Thank you for being on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a blast. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you back sometime in the future, I'm sure. I would love that. <laughs> Uh, until then, bye. (laughs) Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ramsey's Recaps. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Ramsey's Recaps. You can also follow me on TikTok to see all of the recipe videos that go with the episodes at It's a Me Courtney one And if you want to support us financially, you can throw a few dollars our way on Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash Courtney Style. The links to everything will be in the description, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.